This is Solidarity News on Radio Labour. This is a Radio Labour World Report recorded on Friday, September 29th, 2023. I'm Mark Belanger. In the report this week, how app-based computer programs are changing the world of work and what some unions are doing about it. The Labour Start report about union events and singing. There was a robot sitting in the seat where the foreman used to be. This is Radio Labour. When we think about the use of computer apps, such as those driving Uber and other services, we too often think only of technologically advanced countries, such as the United States and Canada. But these app services are also operating in developing countries where labor legislation is weak and governments bow down to huge multinational corporations which produce the apps and hire the workers. To better understand how computer apps are being used to exploit workers, the Solidarity Center in the United States is producing a series called My Boss is a Robot. Three episodes have been produced and more are to come. The Solidarity Center is the largest U.S.-based international workers' rights organization. To give you an idea of what the series is presenting, here is part of the first episode called The 21st Century Workplace, Exploitation by App. The podcast is hosted by the Center's Executive Director, Shauna Baderblau. You were just a robot. You had a phone that told you what to do and where to go. Welcome to My Boss is a Robot. It's a podcast series about the gig economy and the rise of the apps. How so-called platform workers are only being supervised by a phone. And how this is wrecking havoc everywhere, especially in developing economies. Thank you for joining us on our mission to empower workers and make sure they have a voice, are treated fairly, and have dignity on the job. So we're talking about platform workers. You know, people who get their jobs over the course of a day, opening their phone, turning on an app, and getting a ping that says a client is waiting for you. If you pick them up in the car and drive them to the airport, you'll make some cash. Or you open your app later in the day and it says, if you go to this restaurant and pick up Thai food and deliver it to your neighbor down the street, you'll get 20 bucks. Platform workers, people who get jobs that way and are supervised by a phone. First, we have Yuli Ramirez, who describes herself as 100% humanist. Bueno, soy de las personas que... I just love to help others. And I've always been very aware of that concept, that of being a humanist. I came into contact with it when I read The Little Prince. It says something like, we are so many people and there's such little humanity. She once was practicing law as a criminal defense attorney in Venezuela. Then her country's economy collapsed. This is her story told through a translator. Mi nombre es Julie Ramírez. Tengo 39 años de edad. I'm 39 years old, and I came to Ecuador five years ago, and I led a very normal life. And then in 2013, 2014, the situation worsened considerably. Even though people might have money, there's no food to buy. If you want to buy a part for your car and they tell you, okay, it's going to be this much, you go get the money. And when you come back three hours later, they will tell you that the price is different because it's already gone up. 
This is an all-too-common problem of what happens when a country's economy breaks. Hyperinflation. Then, what usually comes next? Political unrest. Inflation was devouring Venezuela, was eating away at people's savings, and there were no meds, there were no car batteries, nothing that you could buy, really. Having to navigate a situation like hyperinflation is one thing I can't even imagine. But then one day, Yuli became a target for her human rights activities. Her own health and livelihood were threatened. So I knew that I had to leave. It was not safe for me anymore. My family had been threatened. My life was in danger. So I decided to leave Venezuela. And I had to leave my family behind. It was one of the hardest decisions I've ever made. My youngest, when I left, was three years old. Yuli flees to Ecuador, the best place she could believe she could rebuild a life and provide for her family. But as we all know, getting a job ain't easy, even if you are skilled like Yuli, and especially if you're not a legal citizen. So I started working for Uber. I was using a bicycle with them. And I would work sporadically only and mostly at night because I had a daytime job. I was working with a few lawyers in Ecuador. And then Globo showed up and someone told me that they were paying up to $2 per hour just for you to be online. So I decided to quit Uber and start working for Globo. And then I decided to quit my daytime job with the lawyers. She couldn't get a fair rate for her legal work. So signing up to GloboApp.com was an obvious solution. Globo didn't care if she was a legal citizen. It's an app company currently active in over 200 cities in 26 countries. It was very easy, right? It was like filling up a form. You would just download the app and then go through the uh, terms of conditions without reading them, really, because this is a little. It was a little bit like in the bank when they give you that huge stack of paper and they tell you these are our policies. Nobody really reads them. You just click accept, and that's what we did. In the very beginning, a lot of uh, Ecuadorians started quitting their daytime jobs and joining the apps because they thought that they would make more money this way. So it was not just us migrants. But soon, the $2 incentive of being online went away. They dropped our rates. We used to have a base salary of $1 per hour. Our rates were cut down almost by half. We found out that we could not make nearly as much as we were making before, not even working 12 hours a day, seven days a week. When Yuli and others wanted answers about the changes in working terms or wanted any other information about the app, they couldn't find answers. Very soon, we found out that there was no office where you could really go and talk to your colleagues or talk to your bosses. You were just a robot. You were not an employer. You were just a robot. You had a phone that told you what to do and where to go. It's not surprising that having a robot as a manager would also make Yuli feel like a robot. I remember there was this day. I was on a bike. It was raining. And I didn't have my rain poncho on me. So I was completely soaked through. And I went into the building to deliver the order. And I remember that elevator had a huge mirror. And I glanced up and I saw myself. And I was so shocked. Because I saw myself and I thought, God, you used to be Yuli Ramirez. You used to be a criminal attorney. You used to be loved and respected. Everybody knew you. And now you are soaked. You have a really heavy backpack. Your hands are completely wet. You look horrible. Your hair is a mess. 
I looked up and I, I started crying. I, I, I wonder, who am I? What did I do? Conditions continually worsened for Yuli as Global kept changing the terms and conditions of their working arrangement. She decided to do something about it. Eh, la primera huelga que nosotros organizamos fue en el 2019. We organized our first strike in 2019. We called it our zero. It was uh, basically a, like an association that a few of us had created because we wanted to protect each other and be able to uh, give each other advice and just protect each other through our WhatsApp chat group. While Yuli rallied her fellow delivery workers through WhatsApp and social media, she also changed her mindset. I said, okay, I'm going to hop on this motorbike and I'm going to feel like a, like a superhero. I'm going to be Yuli Ramirez delivering food and meds to those who need it, to those who can't leave their office or those who can't leave their house because they have kids or they are working and they can't go anywhere. Here comes Yuli Ramirez. I'm just going to help those who need help. Yuli's passion for organizing delivery workers became noticed, especially by the app's executives. On the 20th of October of 2020, and this is an important date for us, we actually staged a march. We went up to the National Assembly of Ecuador, and then we demanded the government to create some kind of regulation, some kind of framework, because they, are, they do whatever they want. Yuli Ramirez went through a lot, and now she's making sure other app-based workers are granted the dignity they deserve. Other episodes in the My Boss is a Robot series are App Workers Seeking a Level Playing Field and Gaming the System, App Workers Rarely Win. You can find the series at SolidarityCenter.org. Center is spelled C-E-N-T-E-R. Here with his report about union events is Labor Start correspondent Derek Blackadder. This week, our top story section included links to news of the efforts being made by European unions to organize solidarity actions as the leadership of the Turkish healthcare union, SES, prepare for the 10th day of a trial that they say amounts to the legal persecution of the union. Other top stories this week include an analysis of the massive national effort made by Canadian unions to challenge transphobic hate demonstrations there. That effort brought out thousands of union members in large cities and small towns in solidarity with the queer community in the face of organized hate from the same organizations responsible for the so-called Freedom Convoy's occupation of Ottawa during the pandemic. A random sample from our news pages includes articles about the mass mobilization of workers in Finland in the face of aggressive changes to labor legislation there, how electricity generation and distribution workers in Pakistan remember their co-workers killed on the job, and we carried coverage of the creation of a new union in Bangladesh specifically for migrant workers. But my favorite top story of the week came from Poland, where a union leader at IKEA, who had been sacked for his activism, was returned to his job after a labor start campaign. On our Working Women news page, you'll find stories about the implementation of a new multi-employer bargaining structure for daycare workers in Australia. The new structures are expected to generate big gains for the almost exclusively female workforce. We also carried an item from the Building Workers International on the global intersection between gender, climate change, and workplace safety. 
Speaking of workplace safety, stories appearing on our health and safety page in Newswire this week included the rollout of a global safety campaign coordinated by the International Transport Workers Federation and inspired by the safe rates effort mounted by the South Korean Truckers Union. We also covered the spike in attacks on police officers in South Africa and the effect of the United Kingdom's crumbling school buildings on the people who have to work in them. Our current photo of the week is a shot of a wage protest in the United States, where the United Auto Workers aren't the only union bargaining to make up for past wage cuts. This is Derek Blackadder from Labor Start, reporting for Radio Labor. Now here is the American folk singer Joe Glazer with Automation. I went down, down, down to the factory Early on a Monday morning When I got down to the factory It was lonely, it was forlorn I couldn't find Joe, Jack, John or Jim Nobody could I see Nothing but buttons and bells and lights all over the factory. Well, I walked, walked, walked into the foreman's office to find out what was what. I looked him in the eye and I said, what goes? This is the answer I got. His eyes turned red, then green and blue, and it suddenly dawned on me. There was a robot sitting in the seat where the foreman used to be. And I walked all around, all around, up and down, across that factory. I watched all the buttons and the bells and the lights. It was a mystery to me. I hollered, Hank, Frank, Ike, Mike, Joe, Jack, Don, Dan, Roy, Ray, Ed, Fred, Pete. And a great big mechanical voice boomed out All your buddies are obsolete All your buddies are obsolete All your buddies are obsolete Well, I was scared, scared, scared I was worried, I was sick as I left that factory Decided that I had to see the president Of the whole darn company When I got up to his office, he was rushing out the door with a scowl upon his face. For there was a great big mechanical executive sitting in the president's place. And that's it. Labor news you can use. Thank you for listening. And remember, it's all about global solidarity.